coming up on The Exam Room. I got alopecia when I was 23 years old. So moved to San Diego, California, was eating a bunch of carne asada burritos every day, all the time, all the California burritos. And then my hair started to fall out. Literally, that's what it was. And it got bad fast, though. His was much, much, much worse than mine. Did y'all ever think about just throwing up your hands and saying, I'm just going to go bald here? For sure. I was like, let me just shave it all off. However, uh, Jordan, he was my accountability partner through it all. He was like, we're not giving up. We're not going to just you know, let your hair fall out because he had reverse alopecia. So he was like, let me lead you down the path and show you how to do it. So he pointed me toward a plant-based lifestyle, a plant-based diet. And I was like, you got to be crazy if you think I'm about to give up fried chicken and burgers and so forth and all the soul food, because that's just what we I grew up eating. So I was like, this is what I know. You think I'm going to switch my diet to see if some miracle is going to work for hair? But it worked for him. So I was like, let's give it a try. Let's see. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast in the U.S. and in more than 150 countries. Hi to everyone listening in Chandler, Arizona, Wilmington, North Carolina, and Bamako, Mali. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 81 of season 6, number 477 overall. And for the first time in all those episodes, we are going to be talking about alopecia. That's a condition which is more common than a lot of people realize. The latest estimates from the FDA says that it's a condition that affects about 300,000 people in the United States in any given year, and about 2% of the entire world's population. And in case you're not familiar with alopecia, it's actually an autoimmune disorder, where the body begins to attack its own hair follicles, and thus, it causes those embarrassing clumps of hair to fall out of a person's head, or really anywhere on their body. And it appears to affect slightly more children than adults. But for adults, it's more common among women than men, especially when we're talking about people over the age of 50, where researchers are looking specifically for late onset cases of alopecia. But today, we are going to be talking about two gentlemen, speaking with them, who are much younger than 50. Alopecia set in for these two twin brothers earlier in life. And in hindsight, they have come to believe that what they were eating, that standard Western diet, contributed greatly to their conditions. But with a dietary change, cleaning things up, switching to a plant-based diet, their fortunes completely reversed and they look like the poster children for the hair club for men, except they're not patients. But they do love to eat some plants. And they got so excited by the way that their hair grew back, they regained their looks, no more embarrassing bald spots. They parlayed that success with their health into now a budding brand, and they are growing, cultivating a healthy empire known as All Love, No Beef. (laughs) 
That is such a great name. All love, no beef. So it is a fantastic story coming up with Jeremy and Jordan Allen. Indeed, all love, no beef, but a lot of healthy new hair. Gentlemen, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Yes, yes. It's so good to see you as well, Chuck. Finally. Got it. Perfect timing. Guys, you you have to understand here that alopecia is something that a lot of us are aware of, but had no idea that there could be a dietary component to it. Um, But let's get into your story and bring some hope to the people. You ready? Absolutely. Love it. Uh, All right. So alopecia is something that I think it's more common than a lot of people realize. Matter of fact, looking at the statistics before I began talking to you, uh, about 2% of people in the entire world will experience it at some point. Um, 2%, not an enormous number, but certainly more than you would figure. Did you guys kind of feel like you drew the short straw there? It's it's crazy because I honestly had had no clue that it was uh, spreading so quickly. Um, however, it is something that I'm that I've definitely become more aware of since diving into this space. And it's I mean it's everywhere, and a lot of people think that it's just this um, disease that's un- uncurable. But uh, we are here to tell you uh, to tell you the good news to tell you that all love no beef is here here to to rescue you. Yeah, and to follow with what he's saying, uh, before we came out sharing our story around alopecia and having the ability to reverse alopecia, we hadn't heard too too much about it. But then we had a lot of people reaching out to us saying, "Hey." I deal with alopecia or I know people that do deal with alopecia. Can you send me over some recipes, some information, whatever it may be? So that's where we really learned that alopecia is impacting a lot of people. And then with Jada Pinkett Smith, that whole situation, when that blew up, that really opened up the conversation around alopecia as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I didn't know if I wanted to drop that and, you know, bring that one back because you know, I mean, everybody was talking about that one for a minute. But um, how how old were you guys? Well, first of all, who noticed it first? Who got it first? I got alopecia first. I was in like the first grade and my mom thought it was a wingworm. Yeah. Uh, then we thought it was a form of eczema. And then, uh, yeah, it, I was really, really young. And it would go, it would come and then it would go away for a year. And then it would just pop up again. And then we, uh, and then we, just hope and pray that it went away. And then it would and also apply all different types of creams for eczema and wingworm that w- weren't meant to be applied to alopecia. But uh, yeah, it, it came and went for many years. Uh, and then I just remember the worst part. I was in high school at this point. And at this point, it had went away for like three years. And I thought it was done. I thought it was good. And then it was my senior year of high school. And it came back. And I just remember every single day, wearing a hood on my head. And every single day, kids in my classes were like, yo, why do you wear a hood every day? Teachers are wanting to know, hey, Jordan, why do you wear a hood in class every day? I'm getting emails from my teachers telling me, asking me to stop wearing hoods in class. And I was just so embarrassed by it. And uh, also just dealing with bullying, kids pulling down your hood and uh, and saying, hey, your barber effed you up or your barber left the patch in your head. So it was just a lot of uh, a lot of dealing with with that for many years, and Jeremy wasn't dealing with it at all. It was only me, uh, and then Jeremy ended up getting yeah. it later in life. So, 
Yeah, to answer your question, Jordan got alopecia early on first. I hadn't, I didn't really know alopecia was. We didn't know it was alopecia. Again, my mom thought it was wingworm. I got alopecia when I was 23 years old. So moved to San Diego, California, was eating a bunch of carne asada burritos every day, all the time, all the California burritos. And then my <laughs> hair started to fall out. Literally, that's what it was. And it got bad fast, though. His was much, much, much worse than mine. Uh, we also, at the time, we were working in tech at the same company. Uh, so we we're in the same office together. And he came into the office and I noticed that he had this patch in the back of his head. And I was like, okay, maybe his barber clipped him because I've never seen Jeremy with a patch in his head. And then I saw it just growing every single day in the office. I was like, wait, it got a little bigger, got a little bigger than before I knew it. The entire back half of his head had a huge patch. And I was, and at that time, uh, we can, we can go into this a little further into the interview, but at that time we, we decided that there has to be a change. I would imagine so. I mean, y'all are far too young to be having to deal with that kind of hair loss. I mean, but I got to go back to the first grade. I mean, you, you said like high school, you were really self-conscious about pulling the the hood up over your head, but still like kids can be cruel beginning in elementary school, man. Like, yeah. like how did you try to hide it then? Were your friends kind of supportive of you? What was that experience like when you were super yeah. young? I guess the, the best thing about it when I was young is it wasn't as bad. Um uh, but it, it was still in the back of my head. I had uh, like a patch about the size of a quarter and it was a perfect circle too. Um, so a lot of kids would just point it out or they'd be like, um, hey, what's going on in the back of your head? Or like some kids would put their thumb on it just to like see how big it was and just play around. Um, it was like the perfect shape of a quarter, I would say. Yeah, yeah. People <laughs> will come up to me and put quarters on the back of my head. That's brutal, man. Hey, with the it thumb, was, like they're trying to unlock it like it's an iPhone or right, something, right? Yeah, totally, totally. So it was um, it was definitely challenging. I would definitely say it got far more challenging in high school um, just because it started to grow. It started to get bigger. And, uh, and then... The one thing he's uh, leaving out is in college, at his college graduation, oh, wow. this is where it really impacted me, where he wouldn't toss his cap off his head with all of the the other class, you know, everyone else that were graduating, they're all tossing their hats in there, celebrating, and he's holding his on. That was the only one in the crowd with my, my cap on, on my head. And it was because the night before, um, I, I, I'm sorry, the day, the day before I got my hair cut, everything was fine. I woke up the day of my graduation, I had a huge patch right here. Big patch, just out of nowhere. Day of graduation, families coming in, so many people there. Of course, you got to walk across the stage and everything. And I was like, this is the worst time in for for a huge patch to come in. So that that was a definitely a scar moment where I'm. Everyone's like, wait, why do you still have your cap on your head? And I'm like, none of your business. <laughs> but, but but like it happens that fast, pretty much overnight. You just had overnight. this huge patch over overnight. It it usually happens every way. I was sorry, every time that way where I'll wake up in the morning, I'll see like some hair on my pillow or something. I'm like, wait, what what happened? What's going on? And then uh, day by day, it usually gets a little worse for, what do you say, about a week or so, it kind of gets worse. And then um, and then it kind of just stays stagnant for a while, but his got progressively worse, yeah. fast. So yeah, let me ask you this, Jeremy. So when you, you had yours like progressing pretty rapidly, I mean... What were you thinking at this point? Like, oh my God, I got what Jordan had and it's, you know, finally come for me? Or did you think like this was something completely separate? 
I thought it was something completely separate. I again, I was I never thought that I could have alopecia. I was like, oh, like this, it's just some rare thing that came upon the Jordan. I thought my my wife at the time, she was my girlfriend. She pointed out at the back of my head. She's like, hey, I think your barber got you in the back of your hair. The, <laughs> the barber clipped you. And I was like, no, I trust my barber, love my barber. He would never do that to me. But Comes to find out it was alopecia. It wasn't my barber. It was just my hair falling out. And at that time, I was just thinking, what am I going to do to cover this up? Um, honestly, it just came down to that. How can I hide this? How can I cover this up? And what type of haircuts can I get to kind of blend this in? Um, so that was my immediate thoughts. And then I was thinking like, man, I, I hope that my girlfriend doesn't leave me because I got alopecia or, you know, a bald spot in my head. But uh, and then I was like, I got to get to the dermatologist. So that was the, the next thing was like, go to the dermatologist, do whatever you can do. And uh, that, that was my next step. On and the at this time, we're working in, cor- in corporate America in, in San Diego, downtown at a tech company. And Jeremy's coming in to work every single day in, into an office with hats on, with scarves on, whatever it may be to cover up his, the patch on the back of his head. And this is an office where no one wore hats to the office. Um, yeah, it was still San Diego. So you occasionally catch people in board shirts or something, but no one wore hats in the office. And he had a hat on every single day. And everyone in the office is wondering like, yo, why does Jeremy have on a hat? How come Jeremy gets these special exceptions and rules? Yeah, got like, a lot of that. Yeah, but he didn't want to announce to everyone like, hey, I have this autoimmune disease and my hair is falling out. So it was def- that was definitely a, a battle. Oh, and then one other point that I wanted to hit on was there was a definitely an issue with our with barbers in which I think barbers, they just need to have a better understanding of uh, what alopecia is and what causes it and how to prevent it, reverse it, all of that nature. Because the first thing you hear from every single barber is, oh, stop stressing. I cannot tell you how many times we heard twin. Why are you stressing? Twin, stop stressing. I'm like, I'm moving to San Diego in five days. I'm not stressing at all. Like I'm so happy with life. There's like no stress in my body. I know they they talk about good stress and bad stress. However, at this point, it was it wasn't bad stress. It was I was so happy, and I was like, and at that point, I was like, this is not stress related. There's no way this is stress related. So yeah, I think our barbers just need to to learn more about more education around it. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys were talking about like, how am I going to get my haircut to blend this in? I'm not even sure how you would be able to do that, seeing as though it's kind of like a, a moving target and it gets a little bit worse yeah. and, you know, gets but like, how do you even blend something that's constantly changing? Yeah, I was basically just <laughs> asking my barber to become a magician. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just blend this in a certain way, hide it for me. But as Jordan was saying, like, the hats and the headbands, they helped me a lot in those situations because there were times I couldn't get to the barbershop before certain situations and so forth. But uh, I still do wear a hat. I, I got a full head of hair. Everything is good, just so you know. But I still I still do rock the hat. Well, <laughs> I mean, top. it's got a nice message on top, man. So keep that lid on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did y'all ever think about just, you know, throwing up your hands and saying, screw it, I'm, I'm just going to go bald here. Let me shave it all. He definitely did. For sure. I was like... Let me just shave it all off. Um, I I had a feeling that I could rock a ball look. I still think I can. However, uh, Jordan, he was my accountability partner through it all. He was like, we're not giving up. We're not going to just you know let your hair fall out because he had reverse alopecia. So he was like, let me lead you down the path and show you how to do it. So he pointed me toward a plant-based lifestyle, a plant-based diet. 
And I was like, you got to be crazy if you think I'm about to give up fried chicken and burgers and so <laughs> forth and all the soul food, because that's just what we I grew up eating. So I was like, this is what I know. You think I'm going to switch my diet to see if some miracle is going to work for, for hair? Um, but it worked for him. So I was like, let's let's give it a try. Let's see. Yeah, man. Let's let's talk about that. How in the world did you even like begin to put two and two together there that maybe some of this could be driven by the diet that you're eating? When did that first pop on your radar? It started with an, an ex-girlfriend, actually. She was like, hey, um, you should you should probably look into into plant-based eating um for, for many reasons as far as reversing disease. And I was like, um, Okay. Um, and at this time we had moved to San Diego and there was this huge, uh, this huge trend happening where a bunch of people were switching over to plant-based eating in San Diego. So we were pretty, we were pretty informed about it, but we weren't interested in it. And then when she brought it to my attention, I was like, okay, you're like the third person to bring this to my attention. Maybe I do need to look into this. So then I went home and I watched what the health by myself. And I was like, holy crap. Like, maybe it is the meat, maybe it is the dairy. So then that day, I immediately went cold turkey. I didn't uh, cut out fish and then cut out chicken and cut out beef. No, I cut out all meat, all dairy immediately that day. And I just started, I didn't know how to do it. I was just eating salads and smoothies. I was losing a ton of weight because I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, however, in some cases, I guess losing weight is good. But uh, I was dropping a lot, a lot of dead weight However, I wasn't doing I wasn't doing it properly as far as like getting enough calories. But it was I mean it helped tremendously. Within two weeks, all of my hair grew back. Within two days, I immediately started seeing uh, hair follicles grow back that I hadn't seen in in years at that point. So uh, it was crazy just how quickly it worked. And at that point, I was like, wow, this really works. And two again, two weeks later, all of my hair grew back and. I had at that point, I had just I was just on fire to tell people about this. And then, yeah, for me, it was more of like a a two to three month process because I didn't go cold turkey plant based. I transitioned. I was more like on a pescatarian side. Then I kicked fish and I was introduced to uh, Beyond Meat and Impossible Burgers at that time. Jordan showed me those and I was like, oh, okay, like. I can try these and it'll be a good transitional food over to eating more whole food plant-based. So I tried, I dabbled with those products. And then all of a sudden I was eating kale, Swiss chard, spinach, smoothies, acai berries, all these, all this great stuff that was grown right here um, in San Diego. And foods that we definitely didn't eat growing up. We occasionally ate like collard greens for like our, our soul food dinners that are, that my grandma would make and my mom would make. But Definitely, we didn't eat nutritionally dense foods. Yeah, to Jordan's point, uh, we we grew up in a food desert community. So we didn't have access to, like the closest grocery store to us was about three miles away. So to get access to fresh produce, it was hard unless you were growing it yourself. And we didn't have farmer's markets in the hood that we grew up in and stuff like that. So coming out here to San Diego, it kind of woke us up to this new wellness lifestyle um, outside of the the California burritos and the carne asada burritos that we were smashing on. There's a whole other <laughs> lifestyle that's taking place here. And again, uh, it, it helped us grow our hair back. And uh, we, we just, we stand by it and we want to keep kicking this, this information. 
Dude, that's wild. Uh, and and I, I hope that people who are listening to this right now pick up on that every once in a while. You know, we, we get the opportunity just to slide in those real life examples of what it's like to live in those food deserts. I will admit I've never lived in one, but from everything I've been told, it sounds like it sucks. And you see the numbers yep. in terms of the health challenges that are faced by people who live in these food deserts, and they are outrageous. staggering, man. It is outrageous. It's outrageous. There's no there's no resources. I mean, when you literally when we would walk to to our the corner of our street to where all of the food places were, there's a liquor store. There's a deli with uh, now and laters and Mike and Nikes and honey buns and ho-hos and Doritos. And that's and then there was a, a restaurant. It was called uh, Big Bites at the time. And it was burgers. Uh, in Cleveland, we have these like beef hot dogs. No beef, though. Like these beef <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> Love. Uh, Polish boys. We call them Polish boys. Yeah. And it's, you load them up with French fries and coleslaw and barbecue sauce. And we would, we would eat this stuff. Every day, my mom would leave money on the table. We would get home from school. We would, uh, we were, uh, we would let ourselves into the home, run upstairs, get our money from the table, and immediately go to the store and just load up. I think she gave us five bucks a piece or something. Yeah, At that time, like twenty-five bucks went, went a lot further. So we're eating honey buns, ho hos, now and later's, fifty cent juices with straight sugar in it, and a lot of this burgers. stuff costs like a, a quarter. So imagine how much stuff we loaded up. Every single day, this is how we, but eat. also everyone in our community did it as well. So it wasn't like it was something that was foreign to us. We learned it. it we, you know, and I, I don't necessarily agree with this statement all the time, but we were somewhat products of our environment, totally. but you know, now we we're shifting that we're changing that, that perspective, of course. All right. So I, I want to go back to something you said about a minute ago when you were describing the hot dogs and the toppings. Did, did I hear you right that you guys would put the French fries on top of the hot dog? On the hot dog. On the hot dog. It's called a Polish boy. It's a Cleveland thing. I think uh, it's something that the Polish people brought to Cleveland. I don't know. But they uh, make beef hot dogs. They put French fries and coleslaw and like barbecue sauce, like a spicy barbecue sauce on top of it. And uh, yeah, that was like the the thing in our in our neighborhood. The thing in Cleveland, corn beef sandwiches. Again, more beef, all up, no beef. Get get rid of it. So much corn beef, so many beef hot dogs, uh, and yeah, just bad food. And Mike and Ike, so many, <laughs> so many bags of Mike and Ike and lemon Ike's. Yes, honey buns, ho-hos, Twinkies. Oh my gosh, just processed foods. It's ridiculous, man. That reminds me of the Quickie Mart that was behind um, Old Dominion University. I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, and and like right back Uh there on on Powhatan Avenue, right behind the field house where they played their basketball, there used to be something called the Tiny Giant. And in there was nothing. I mean, it was a junk food freaking bonanza in there. And they had everything you guys are talking about. Sans the uh, the, the hot dogs with the French fries on top, although I'm sure you could cobble <laughs> that together yourself if you wanted to. But yeah, right. man, I mean, like it, it was legit junk food paradise. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. Well, there, um, that sounds like America, though, right? Oh, 100% USA, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> I'm curious to know more uh, about like the foods that you grew up eating. Was it similar? Or did Were your parents more health conscious? Um, it, so I, I did not come from a lot of money whatsoever. I mean, I grew up in a house where utilities were routinely being, you know, 
turned mom. off, you know. Wow. Uh, mom was a single mom. And then I'd go after school with my brother and we would go to grandma's house who, you know, that was our, our dad's mom. And she too uh, was on a very limited income. So her utilities were often being turned off. And so the food choices oh. that we had, even though we did not technically live in a food desert, they were limited. I mean, it was a lot of oh, macaroni yeah. and cheese from the blue box. Uh, cans of baked beans with the you know little fatty chunks of pork in there a hundred percent and 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 i remember like sometimes like this is so fat kid of me i used to get the potato chip and i used to like scoop out the baked beans with it like it was a dip <laughs> dude i used to eat that and i thought that that was amazing and that's what i ate with my God hot dog did. yeah Oh, right. Wow. You just had your uh, your fries in another form, your potatoes in another form. That's it, man. And <laughs> that's a Polish boy, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the Southern Virginia Polish boy right there. Um, right, right. Super interesting, though. Yeah, man. So we, yeah, and it was that. And then, you know, getting a little bit older, getting hooked on the drive through And then that evolved to, I mean, y'all mentioned like the killer burritos out there, but I was a Taco Bell junkie back here. And uh, man, I mean, it just grew and grew and grew. My appetite for that stuff was just limitless, y'all. Limitless. I mean, like wow. if your mom gave you 10 bucks instead of five, you think you could have polished off 10 bucks worth of all of that junk food? <laughs> oh, easily. We would have ran the uh, town. Easily. Sure. <laughs> and I think your example goes to show you that a food desert doesn't necessarily mean like the hood. A food desert is just an area that lacks nutrition, nutritional resources. I mean, you can have a... I feel like you can be in a food desert mentally as well, just totally in, in regards to education. And it's not necessarily about the access that you have. You can, I mean, technically all of us can go grow food in a shoebox or grow food in our backyard, but sometimes it's just, you know, the effort and the know-how and the information uh, to do so. Yeah, bro. I never told this story though on the show. I'm going to throw my mom under the bus. So let me preface by saying <laughs> I love you, mom. Um, every once in a while, she would get this wild hair to try to be a little bit more health conscious. And this one time, and and this is 30 some odd years ago at this point, because my brother and I, we were really young. I mean, maybe like 10 and 12 at that age. And mom comes home and she starts telling us about this drink that she had learned about called kombucha. And now you could go into any grocery store in America and find kombucha. It's probably in 7-Elevens now. But mom decided she was going to try to make her own. And she got this big old glass jar. I mean, like a five-gallon glass jar. And she sat it on top of the fridge waiting for this thing to ferment. But y'all, I'm telling you, I'm telling you straight up, like the layer of mold on top of the kombucha jug was like this thick. And she's all like, I'm going to scoop this out and we can drink it. And I was like, you can scoop that out and you can drink it, but I would live right? to see tomorrow. Thank you. Like, I love my mom, but that was just nasty. Yo, that is hilarious. She was she was like a persistent on getting that done. I committed to it. I mean, she did. I don't like I just. I don't even remember how that that worked out. I probably have blacked it out from my memory because it was probably <laughs> so traumatizing what happened. That was right, probably, right, right. Like maybe the only time I've ever seen my mom drunk because she let that ferment for too long. <laughs> I don't know. But that man. Not true. So Dude, do you, for, do you for drink real. kombucha today? Uh, I will every once in a while for sure. I got a couple out uh, out in the fridge. Like there's a couple brands out there that I like. Um, not too terribly bad. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm such a coffee guy, though, man. Are y'all are y'all a kombucha crew? 
Oh, I get down with kombucha sometimes. It's definitely not like a a, a preference or I don't seek it out, but I'll, I'll have it at like a, a vegan event or like if there's yeah. like a, a fair to go try some different foods, if they're handing out samples of kombucha, I'll get some kombucha. Yeah. Sure. If y'all can find one ever that's on draft, like they're going to pour it like it's a beer or something, like I found that those actually taste the best. And sometimes if you go to like a vegan street fair, they've got those and it's so good, man. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. There's a few um, places in San Diego where they where they make it here and you can get it on draft. I've, I've seen it years ago. It's been a minute, but we'll find it though. It's good for the gut. It is, that. it is that. My, my buddy, Dr. Will Bolsowitz will tell you that. But I will tell you this. Uh, if Mama Carol offers you kombucha, just say no. <laughs> just say no. Love Stay my mom, clear. but just say no. <laughs> how, much mo, how much mo was in this one? <laughs> I mean, my God. For real. I mean, yo, it was this thick, man. Um, wow. But hold on. Let's get back to 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 you guys. So, what was the reaction from your family members when uh, you said, "Well, look, you know, uh, obviously our hair is starting to grow back. Things are falling into place now. Um, but we're doing it by eating this plant based diet." Was okay. the V word the vegan word? I mean, was that super taboo in your house? They were like, "What vegan?" <laughs> What do you mean vegan? Like you telling me you don't eat chicken anymore, but you can still eat fish, right? You still eat fish, right? Right. Like, <laughs> like no, like completely plant-based vegan. We're cutting it all out. They're like, wait, so what you gonna eat? What you where are you gonna get your protein? You know, all those type of things. You just gonna eat carrots, you just gonna eat celery, so you eat your rabbit food, everyone, your rabbit food. Like what do you mean? And the idea of uh Vegan food still blows my mind. It's just food, right? It's just food that's not uh, animal-based. Yeah. That's it. So, that's it. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's that simple. So, yeah, we we delivered that information to them. I would say the, the first two people that come to my mind is my mom and my grandmother. My mom, she she's a bit more knowledgeable on the topic. So she was like, okay, I got to figure out some new recipes to make for you guys. Uh, you know, I'll still have the salmon or the fish. And so she was a bit confused on it. Then we're like, okay, no fish. Talk to her about that. But my grandmother, she loves cooking for us. She loves when we come back home to Cleveland, she can make us a soul food dish. So when we told her that when we come back home, we can only eat vegan food, she lost her mind. She's like, okay, like what, what am I going to make for you guys? I guess we just got some collard greens and that's about it. And even with her collard greens, she still puts pork in the collard greens as well. So it's, it's, yeah, so that's we go <laughs> we, we might get a little asparagus off the stove when we go home, but, <laughs> but other than that. Do y'all get a chance though to to cook for them though? Because oh, I mean, yeah. now you guys know what perhaps they don't, and that's you know, it doesn't have to be so limiting. You can still have some gourmet deliciousness with this plant based diet. We went home for uh, Thanksgiving, maybe like four years ago at this point, and made a bomb uh, macaroni and uh, plant-based cheese. I think we just used like nutritional yeast and some other stuff. Uh, We also made a plant-based meatloaf um, fire, uh, which was lentil-based and uh, some other stuff. But my family absolutely loved it. Like they went crazy. They were eating our macaroni and cheese more than the actual real macaroni real macaroni and cheese that was there and also more than the other meats that was there so there has been times and then we did a a barbecue as well where we just made a bunch of uh burgers it was straight like cookout style in our backyard and had our whole family over and we got a bunch of video reactions and content of trying the food 
playing games, cornhole and things like that, like a straight plant-based cookout. And they loved the food. We did macaroni and cheese. We made pizzas from Trader Joe's. We did burgers and brats. And no, they, they loved it. What really got them was the cauliflower wings. That was, oh, that was yes. the one that people were Buffalo cauliflower about. wings. Because crazy. our family loves chicken, any form of chicken wings or fried chicken. So to have something that could taste very similar to it, that was a plant, cauliflower. That was mind blowing. We gotta show them the oyster mushrooms now. Yeah, the uh, oyster mushrooms. That's, yeah, that's that's a whole nother one. Those <laughs> things are magical. I got introduced Yo. to those a couple of years ago. I was like, legit, this is a mushroom. What's happening bomb. right now? That <laughs> <laughs> is bomb. They are so amazing, man. So many different ways you can use them as well. It reminds me of jackfruit in the sense of how many different ways you can use the oyster mushroom. Same with lion's mane mushroom. Got hooked on those as well. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. But isn't it cool, though, that like y'all can have that full blown cookout, right? With the burgers and then the pizza and just like have a grand old time with all the food that you grew up eating, just plant based versions of it, right? And so yes. once people understand that that stuff is available to them, it makes it a whole lot easier for them to swallow the vegan pill. You know, I, yes. I, it takes away the stigma. 100%. I think okay. you, you're spot on. I think that's, uh, that's like, one of the top priorities of our mission is to get people to see the food and taste the food. Because if you say, hey, uh, come to this uh, plant-based restaurant or something, they're like, heck no, why do I want to go there? I'm not plant-based. But if they see that the food looks probably better than the food that you're going to eat and it's guilt-free and it's not going to cause inflammation and disease, it's not going to cause a bunch of pimples and things like that to flare up on your face and cause gut issues and problems, but also it's going to taste amazing. Yeah, so much flavor. I think uh, yeah. that's that's the key. And like you're saying, going back to the the cookouts, the 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 events that we're throwing, the vibes that we set, it gives us the ability to share our story. It gives totally. us because most of the time people try the food, they like it, and then that's when they actually are kind of hooked, if you will. They have interest to know more about. So why vegan? Why are you guys even doing this? And then we're like alopecia let us walk you through our journey and then we also have this cool brand all of no beef so it just gives us this platform but it all starts with the food and there's so much love in the food so it's just a, a circle that that that's ever uh i guess everlasting because people it's it's food from the garden you know what i'm saying it's, it's not like it's it's this whole new phenomenon to get people wrapped around it's 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 literally something that everyone has the ability to grow Absolutely. Let's talk about all love, no beef. I mean, just perhaps the most clever name that I've I've ever heard. I just love it to Thank death, you, man. Sir. All love, no beef. That is your brand. Talk to us, man. What's going on there? Yeah, I can I can lead us off. We started it back uh, during uh, 2020 and uh, uh, right during the pandemic, and it was all this talk around immunity and and things of that nature. And our whole focus was okay. How do we uh, get the most nutritionally dense foods into our bodies to build our immune system to be strong enough to uh, to fight off um, uh, COVID? And so we are like really strong on that. We are pushing that message out there, like, hey. Build your immune system, make sure it's strong, make sure it's prepared. So we started this whole tagline of uh, we're bringing immunity to the community. And then also during that time, I've, we felt like there was a lot of like racial division in the country as well. And that is something that we definitely don't uh, stand for. So we're like, hey, let's use this platform to try to connect people and bring people together as well through food. So the double entendre of all love, no beef is, hey, like no violence, no beef. 
also show love to your brothers and sisters. We look at it like we're all brothers and sisters, regardless of shapes, colors, where you're from, no matter, we're all brothers and sisters. So it's really showing love there, but also no beef in the streets and no beef on your plate. Um, So we wanted to, this is, I think, uh, I would say uh, Jeremy had more of a focus on like the no, no beef in the streets and no beef between people. I think that's very huge for us. However, where my standpoint was strongly on the fact that hey, there's so much disease going around and there are so many people that are dealing with disease. Our grandfather has had so many heart attacks and surgeries on his heart and everything. Thank God he's still around. But all of this stuff is reversible and preventable um, through, in our opinion, whole food plant-based eating. So we wanted to use all love, no beef to really bring attention to the category of whole food plant-based eating, but also to try to find a way to make it sexy, if you will, to make it cool, to make it dope, to make it fun so that people don't think like, hey, I have to be this yoga mom from Portland, Oregon, like a very (laughs) granola kind of look to it, you know? It's like, hey, there's... uh, I, there's all different types of people that are that are plant based, and there's and that that this is a movement that's happening that you want to be a part of, not something that is gonna happen. But no, this is happening today, and that you no longer have to suffer, you no longer have to deal with disease, you no longer have to uh, just deal with the the pharmaceutical industry and things of that nature. But pretty much, we wanted to get people back to the ground, back to the garden. Yeah, and. To piggyback off of what Jordan was saying, the double entendre, all love, no beef. Again, no beef in the streets, no violence. And we believe that the nutrition plays a huge factor in people's mental health, in the choices and totally. the decisions that they make. So if you're going to choose love, it 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 should be stemming from your gut as far as the, the food and the nutrition definitely has a correspondence to the brain to tell you to make the right decision, to tell you to love your neighbor, to tell you to you know, to not be violent, if you will. So that being said, it's it's the whole double entendre. And it's just a platform for a community, for people to to come together, no matter as Jordan said, no matter the shape, sizes, whatever it is, it's it's a love-based community where we have a, a mission to restore immunity in the community. Right on, man. So like can people get their hands on like that all love, no beef hat, that t-shirt y'all got? Cause I you yeah. know, whether they are a crunchy granola loving mom from Portland, Oregon, or they're living somewhere in the inner city, like those shirts and that hat, man, it's fire. People are gonna want to get their hands on it. Yeah, thank you so much, Chuck. Seriously, uh, we definitely work work hard on the the branding and everything, the apparel side of it. So absolutely, at alllovenobeef.com, we have hats, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, um, different types of hats, not even just trucker hats, bucket hats, dad hats, um, all of it. So, And we will continue to release new products and new capsule collections. We definitely want to partner with different chefs and different organizations uh, in ways to just continue to make the category of, of plant-based eating and love uh, fun and, and cool. So yeah, absolutely. So just to plug that again, it's alllovenobeef.com. And then you can also go to our Instagram at alllovenobeef and you can just click the link there and it'll take you right to the website. Now, gentlemen, you know I'm going to make that easy. Like, all of that is right down below no, exactly. in the episode notes, in the show description. You know the drill. Like, it's, yes, it's a yes, one-stop yes. shop, my, my, my man. Um, so what what does the future hold for you guys? Like, where do you want to take this thing? Yeah, uh, 
I think uh, many, many different directions. One thing that we definitely want to get into that we're getting into and have done is the, the event space really is bringing people together. We like to think of it as like, uh, I know everyone has seen or heard about like the fire festival, but we want to make like the fire festival, but real. And we want to bring a bunch of awesome people together, not just elite influencers and things like that and models, but all different types of people that has a passion for health and wellness. And even, even if you don't have a passion for health and wellness, you can still join us because hopefully you'll leave with a passion for health and wellness. But we want to bring a bunch of different people together for entertainment, for music, for the arts, and also for health and wellness. Um, and really try to put that on as like a yearly event, or, or it could be... Uh, several times a year and actually do it and tour it around the world. Yeah. So just meeting people where they are, um, as Jordan is saying, doing events, uh, whatever that looks like, whether it's online or in person. Uh, so we're doing events, but we've also, I'm, I'm certified in plant-based nutrition as well. So we do have plant-based starter guides and we are creating um, nutrition books and so forth. So all of that stuff is in the works as well. So that that is the future for us. I all love no beef. And also we're working on a few different media concepts, pitching some TV shows. So you, you may see us on a, a TV screen as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Working on it. We're stirring up a nice TV show right now with the, with the goal of getting it on a, a streamer provider near you here soon, either a Netflix, a Hulu, a Roku yeah. or, or something. So that's in the works and we, we should be releasing it soon. I'm going to keep my eye on y'all. Y'all are, y'all are going to be some big timers, man. That's for sure. You'd be like, I'll send you an email here in a couple of years and be like, Chuck, who? <laughs> what? No, no. So, no not, not at all. <laughs> That's my brother, Chuck. Let's no, go. And I, and I have to say this, Chuck, but just before we, we end, if we are in the soon, that you have been just a very instrumental part in our journey. Uh, just the education that you provide, the entertainment that you provide, hearing your testimony, honestly, you you are one of the key factors as to why we even started All Love No Beef. And I know you didn't know that, but I just want you to know that you have so much um, like so much stake in, in All Love No Beef <laughs> because you... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man. Like, it's, All Love it, No Beef. It's so cool that like, you know, a guy like me can, you know, relate with or you guys can relate to a guy like me, you know, and there's parts of your stories that I relate with very much as well. And it's cool. You were talking about bridging that divide. Like, I feel that during this interview, man. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's that's amazing. No, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for uh Thank you for everything you uh, and you'll you'll continue to give us the the knowledge and everything to continue to educate our our community as well. I'll give you, man, whatever you guys need. Don't ever hesitate to reach out, man. I, I got you. I love the name. I love the story. I love the drive. I love the passion. And I just see nothing but the biggest and brightest future for you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. And uh, again, check your mailbox. You're going to have some some apparel coming your way. All right. All right, and then you'd be checking your Instagram because I'm going to tag you on that one too. All right, guys, appreciate your time. All love, no beef. All love, no beef. beef. Forever, ever. Thank you, Chuck, so much. Really cool story there, right? A lot of times when you feel bad from a condition, an autoimmune disorder, you feel bad physically. But with alopecia, it's a little bit different where it can just absolutely destroy your self-esteem because of what you see in the mirror. 
and it's no picnic. I don't care if you're young, like the Allen brothers just now, I don't care. Or if you're well over 50 with a late onset case, if you don't like what you see in the mirror, you're not going to feel good about yourself. You're not going to be your best in life. It's really hard to be at your best when you don't feel like your best, mentally or physically. So I'm really, really, really happy for Jeremy and Jordan to have had this incredible health rebound the way that they have. And that's why we do this show to get stories like this out there. And with alopecia being an autoimmune disorder, it is far from the only one that is being researched. Researchers, as a matter of fact, they are busy looking at the connection between diet and these inflammatory autoimmune disorders. But the experts, they will also readily admit that there are a lot of questions still to be answered. And they really would like to see more interventional trials for a lot of these. But here's what we do know so far. Here's some of the big points when it comes to autoimmune conditions and diet. There are no less than 10 autoimmune diseases currently tied to being obese. In fact, I will read to you verbatim now from a 2014 analysis says obesity leads to a breakdown of the body's protective self-tolerance, creating the optimal environment for autoimmune diseases and generates a pro-inflammatory environment likely to worsen the disease's progression and hinder its treatment. So you're carrying around extra pounds. Not only are you more likely, more vulnerable to developing an autoimmune disorder, it makes it harder to treat. That's not good. And a lot of that has to do with what are known as adipokines. And what those are are compounds that are secreted by fat that get involved with the body's immune response. They kind of cause it to go haywire for certain conditions, conditions like rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis. Also, multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes, psoriasis, inflammatory bowel disease, and Hashimoto thyroiditis. Lots of conditions. And then some other factors are at play here as well. Your sex. Women account for roughly 80% of autoimmune cases. And then viruses such as the flu and hepatitis and measles, that can also play a role. Ditto for smoking. But another one to keep an eye on is that once you have an autoimmune disorder, the risk of developing another one increases a lot. In fact, about one in every four people will develop three or more conditions once they already have one. So if you have one autoimmune disorder, there's a pretty good chance another one or two or three are on the way. There's a lot that really goes into this, and I am going to drop a link to a overview that Forks Over Knives has done on autoimmune conditions and diet. So check out the episode notes for that. It's a really cool write-up that kind of breaks everything down into bite-sized chunks. And there have been other success stories. It's not just Jeremy and Jordan with autoimmune disorders on the show here in the past. We've had doctors on who have talked about overcoming MS themselves or rheumatoid arthritis, got their lives back, and now are paying it forward tenfold with their patients and helping them out. 
talking about just a complete total 180 turn for their health. And it's a beautiful thing. And that, my friend, I'm telling you is why I love the show. Because in your darkest hour, it is my goal to always provide you with some light and give you hope to keep fighting and never, ever, ever give up. And if you would like to share in that hope, share your own story, how you have improved your own health, go ahead, do that. With a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify, leave that five-star rating for the Exam Room Podcast. And then in the review box, tell us how listening to the show has raised your health IQ, how you're using what it is that you're learning here to improve your own health. Let us know how your health has changed. What is your story? We would love to know that. We call those the five-star health successes. So leave that five-star rating, nice review with your story. And there's a link to do that right now in the episode notes. And don't forget on November 7th in Washington, D.C., we would love to celebrate health with you in person with the exam room live and in person with a night to honor the Esselstyn family. Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, Rip Esselstyn, Anne and Jane Esselstyn all will be there as we honor their legacy and their contributions, their immeasurable contributions to make the world a healthier place. Would love for you to be there as we bestow them with an award. Thank them for their decades, their decades of backbreaking labor and moving the needle toward a healthier future for us all at the National Press Club on November 7th. Join me, Dr. Neil Barnard, and the entire Esselstyn family. PCRM.org slash events to get your tickets today. PCRM.org slash events. And there's a link to that right now in the episode notes. And if you can't join us that night in Washington, D.C., I'm going to be out and about a lot coming up. St. Louis, October 1st, I will be at the VegFest there. And then I'm also heading out to Denver for the Born to Be You retreat with Coach Leia on October 11th through the 15th. Then Chesapeake, Virginia, right in my old stomping grounds for the Hampton Roads VegFest on October 28th. And then I'll be down in Houston for the Montgomery Heart and Wellness Summit on November 18th. And I think there may be one or two more stops before the end of the year, so stay tuned for that. Lots of opportunities to get out there and end the year on a healthy high note. So stay tuned for more details. But for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to my guys from All Love, No Beef, Jeremy and Jordan Allen. Incredible stories of overcoming alopecia. Thanks for being here, gentlemen, and helping to raise our health IQs. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based.